What's going on, everyone? I'm Rhett. Welcome to Dipped in Tone. I'm Zach. All right. So let me address this from the top. I'm in a bit of uh, potato vision today because I had a technical failure. Piece of gear failed in my live streaming slash podcasting rig, and it hasn't been replaced yet. Not not my fault. Not my fault. Last week was a holiday week. And uh, so today I'm going to be kind of here, and I just can't help it. So for those of you watching on it's YouTube, okay. it is what it is. I like it. It's... You know, it feels like early YouTube. Or yeah, something. yeah, it is. It is. You know, it is what it is. I don't know if I like it, but uh, we're here. Looks like you're hiding behind your microphone a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I kind of am, but it's like I can't. <laughs> I can't get this. You know. Hey, everybody. So yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> uh, also, you can see my bathroom back there. So you know, don't judge that. Yeah, cool. People, people in audio anyway. land are like, "What the hell is they even talking about?" Just build the picture with your mind. <laughs> you know. That's right. Just imagine Rhett and then a toilet behind him. And well, you can't, you you're can't already literally off to a great see time. the toilet. It's just like the countertop, and you can kind of see the... I'm painting a picture okay. for our listeners. All right. Okay, okay, all right, okay. So, Zach, how was your holiday? It was good. Uh, we, uh, you know, I hung with my folks. Uh, my, I, I, was, I was telling Jason before we started, my, my family, uh, my dad's side, they always, like, holidays are their holidays, uh-huh. you know, and th- now that we have a kid... Holidays are our holidays, uh, right? You know, we don't go places. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad actually came to to the house, which is very rare because he's he's like, well, you got to come see everybody else. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to yeah. see them. You come to my house. And he did. <laughs> and and that was great. Uh, he he brought me my, um, my first guitar. He brought me another random guitar that I had kind of forgotten about that was still at uh, his warehouse. And then he bought uh, a 1982 Fender stratocaster just a standard american-made strat that someone i'm assuming in the 80s put an original floyd rose on uh that's gold it has brass hardware that a lot of the knobs and stuff are like homemade whoa and it uh it's really cool it has stock pickups and stuff but it's neat i'm 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 getting it set up how much does it weigh journey it's not too bad it's probably like nine pounds or something it's not it's heavy but it's not insane i bought years and years ago this must have been 10 years ago now a Japanese Squire from 83, 82, 83. It was one of the E mm-hmm. serial numbers. So, you know, those are pretty yep. nice sought after guitars, but this one was every bit of like 10 pounds. I mean, it was the heaviest strat. Yeah. Um, it's the one that I've since butchered that will never see the light of day. Uh, oh man. Yeah, man. I want to see right. it. I'll send you a picture of it <laughs> offline, really... but it yes. is, uh, it's buried okay. some in the basement somewhere. So, well, yeah, this guitar is really cool, but uh, we also did our big, oh, ah, the, we launched the Hephaestus, yeah. which was like a, a reverb exclusive. Um, I have to save one of these yeah. for you, but um, I'm gonna be, that was very, very I was exciting. talking to McKinley about it offline. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm going to need one of those. I'm going to need one real bad. Yeah. I'm curious to see, cause it, like we have this problem where. Uh, we'll make something and it'll be limited and then we don't have any more. And then as soon as people start seeing other people play it, they go, what? Yeah. Can you make more of those? So I, I assume that's what's going to happen, but we'll see. But anyway, how was your holiday? You did some travel. <sighs> yeah, we, you know, it's family tradition that we go to Columbia, South Carolina, where my whole family's from. And we do, uh, do, uh, what, what holiday was it? Thanksgiving? Yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, Thanksgiving, lunch, yes. whatever with the family. <laughs> Black Friday. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, it's, it's. It is, it's, you know, it's, it's family time and you just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of just sit around. The one cool thing I did do though is, uh, you know, Caroline, 
effects is based in Colombia. I don't know if you know that or not. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. uh, we have been, me and Felipe have been trying to connect for years because my entire life I've been going to Columbia, South Carolina. That's where my parents are from. My extended family all lives there. And so for the last several years, it's like, oh, well, there's a really killer pedal company that I love that's based there. We should make a hang. And then we never have been able to. And then, so this past week, I just was really, really uh, just on top of the ball. And I texted him and long story short, got to go to his shop and hang out, play some pedals. I think we shot a video that I'm going to try and put out relatively soon. So that was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, but otherwise, you know, since we don't have kids and have no plans for having kids, we still have to do like the family, you know, hey, everyone comes here and does this thing for, for the holidays. Yep. So, yeah. You just have a kid. No, no, God. There's, right up. No. no. <laughs> Let's get another dog. Be like, well, now we got two dogs. We Dude, can't, even the one dog. Can't hey, do anything. But even she's a, she can be a handful. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yep. Well... So you have that box of Stumac stuff. Have you opened it yet? Uh, it has been opened. It has been opened, but I've not really gone through them yet. So, uh, yeah, I want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Stumac. They sent me out an embarrassment of riches uh, in terms of <laughs> pickups. So we talked about this on the show last time, but they do all kinds of stuff. So let's just see here. We got the the fat pole single coil. Is that going to be flipped on screen? Ooh. Yeah. Actually, what might be cool is... I need to figure out what guitars some of these are going to go in. Um, so we got the fat pole single coil. Obviously, that's like a strat kind of setup. Um, we've got this. I'm really, really excited about the offset pole humbucker. So these are like, you know, sort of the okay. fender wide range kind of thing. Yeah. I might put these in my standard, in my Les Paul standard. Uh, Ooh, that would be different. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Hot wound dual rail single coil. Ooh, yeah. Right. See, I need that in that 82 strat because when I, anytime I get a guitar that needs a little bit of work, I have to mentally go through my, my brain and say, okay, where are all the tools I need? What do I need to make this happen? Right. And oh, um, there's three of these. For those that don't know, this might be a good oh. strat setup. Yeah. Yeah. I dude. might send you these to put in the strat. Um, that would be really we've cool. Got this. But yeah, I have to do this mental check for all the things I need. And if you guys have to do that and you don't have those things, stumac.com slash dipped in tone right 10 percent off 10 percent off your order bam the standard single coil stagger pole pieces pretty excited to check these out these these i think will probably be mostly my speed we got the parson street humbucker set uh which i believe is like a paf kind of thing it is because gibson was at parson street in kalamazoo and we got the standard uh the standard telecaster now this i'm excited about because i think i want to take my white Esquire, the 70th anniversary Fender Esquire that I have, which is a ringer of a guitar. That that guitar uh, slaps pretty hard, but I want to convert it to a Tele because I don't have a straight-ahead oh. Tele with the Tele neck pickup. Um, and those Esquires are routed for uh, neck pickups under the pickguard. So I think I'm going to try dropping sure. these in and converting it to a, uh, to a Tele and having an Esquire Tele conversion. So, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So check out Stumac. Check out that link. Save yeah, some money. Thanks to Stumac for uh, supporting the episode and sending out the pickups and, uh, you know, bingo bongo. So before we get into dipping a rig, uh, the last episode that went live was our hang with uh, the one and only Paul Smith. Oh, yeah. Of one PRS and, Guitars. Uh, yes. And I think that the internet has had a bit of a field day with some of the opinions that <laughs> one Mr. Which, Smith which has, really surprised has me. laid I on me. I didn't anticipate that, yeah. you know, 
uh, the the comments section being as opinionated as they were about this subject. Uh, what did you What did you think about it? What was your takeaway from the video itself? Yeah, just from the whole experience. Oh, I mean, I, it was exactly what I anticipated. I, I mean, you know, I've watched Paul enough to know what he would say, um, and I think he. You know, he was playing it safe. Like when I was kind of jabbing him to say, you know, don't you think it's just a lack of experience, which I think the majority of this yes. is uh, the the opinions people have. Um, he was trying to, <laughs> to play it a little safe. But, you know, I thought he, he, you know, was on the money with most things. And, and like, let's face it, no one out there has been around or built or dealt with as many guitars as the owner of a guitar company like PRS yep. has. So... Yeah, I mean, everybody's opinion, in my in my opinion, is a little bit moot right. if you don't have that experience. Yeah, I'm reading through the comments here because I'm trying to find there was there's one comment thread that at this point is buried. There's there's what look, I people's opinions on this differ, and um, you know we're we're of the mindset that yes, the guitars wood does affect the t- the tone to what degree yes. is debatable and that's on a sort of sort of per case basis but you know to me the thing that really grinds my gears about people on the other side of this debate is there is such a sense of like i don't know if elitism is the right word but just this flippant sort of uh attitude towards people on our side of the debate which is like could you imagine like dude that's so cringe obviously it doesn't have any effect on a solid body electric guitar and you know, it's like every single guitar player that I respect and know, and people that have played thousands of guitars, people that have built thousands of guitars, every person that I know and have seen talk about this issue or have talked about this on a personal level is all of the opinion that, yeah, the wood matters, that tone wood is a thing. And it was so funny that on Twitter and in the uh, the, the responses, the comments we kept, like people just send that Jim Lil video. And look, I, I meant to say this right. in the interview. This is no diss on, on Jim. I, I think Jim's channel is great. And I think he's a hell of a player. I'd love to meet him one day next time I'm in Nashville or whatever. But people hold that video up as if it's like the end all be all like this ends the debate that tone wood doesn't matter. And it just doesn't, there's actually nothing scientific about that video. There's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate the video for what it was and it does make you think and think about like what actually matters most in the, the tone of a solid body electric guitar. But yeah, I, if at least from my opinion, I don't think that video does anything to prove or disprove the idea that wood has or does not have an effect in a solid body electric guitar. Right. And I think a lot of people get hung up on this idea that, that the better wood, uh, it it somehow makes this monumental improvement on an instrument. And I I don't think that that's what anybody's saying. Um, I mean, I th- at least I think that's how it's perceived. Well, it's like, oh, oh, your guitar sounds bad. It's probably got shitty wood, and that's not. I don't. That's not where I'm coming. Or, yeah, from. or 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 even Paul Reed Smith. I mean, look, we love Novos. Novos are tempered pine, for all intents and purposes, yeah. not a super high end tone wood. But all we're saying is that it has an effect. Right, and you know, we. I don't want to discredit. Because this is something I've talked about with everybody, like the influence of a pickup. Like the, the, of course, the thing you hear from an amplifier is is 
rooted in what the pickup does and what it sounds like and how it interacts with the guitar. But at the end of the day, for guys like us who the majority of the time, if you're playing a humbucker, eh, to a lesser extent, P90s, most of these, these guitars have unpotted pickups. And people were arguing that pickups aren't microphonic. And even a potted pickup can be mm -hmm. microphonic. And there is there's something that happens with guitars that with especially a humbucker guitar that there's an interaction that occurs with the pickups and the wood. And I, and I think it just boils back to what I was saying. It's just a lack of experience. And that's not some mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be no. mean, but if you've not played enough guitars back to back, if you've not modified your guitars enough to know what your guitar sounds like, regardless of what electronics are in it, then you don't know. I mean, my Les Paul, my R9 has had 10 pickup sets mm. in it. And guess what? It's, always sounds like my guitar yeah. because it is my yeah. guitar. So, and, and yeah, to your point, the, the, the experiment thing, it's like, we all, we tend to forget things about bias and, and what we're, what you're actually perceiving. Cause if you already, if your mind's already made up, you're just confirming what you already believe. I mean, I think to really do this, it would take the most involved double blind study right. that has ever happened in the musical instrument right. world. And maybe that's something we should, we should try. And I mean, accomplish. I would be into to trying to make it happen. That would be a monumental case study. It would, it, my point with, with Jim's Ooh. video. And again, I, I'm not trying to shit on Jim Lil here. This is not a personal yeah. thing at all, but it was a sample size of essentially one. And there's so many other variables that he he attempted to account for in that video. And I think in some cases did do a good job of accounting for it in that video. But the reality is you can't draw a conclusion based off of one guy's video as thorough as it may have been. Uh, you, you shouldn't let that draw your conclusion. You should let your personal experience draw that conclusion. And look, like Zach's saying, if you haven't had the opportunity to play hundreds or thousands of different guitars or even dozens of, of guitars and experience the differences between them, then you might not know. And that's okay. We, we we're, this yeah. is a learning thing for all of us, but I just, the thing that, that really pisses me off is this attitude that the the anti-tone would people take in the debate uh in the comments sections you know towards people like us or paul uh i just yeah i don't know really grinds my well, gears there's there's two things about and and, and I'll, I'll we can touch on my 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 history with doing research and then we'll go get back to guitar things there's there's two things with scientific studies um that that is more often true or not? Uh, well, let me. That was three things. First thing, correlation does not equal causation. Uh, so just because one thing is related to another or not doesn't mean that that is true. Um, the thing that most scientific studies are looking at is significance uh, when you're testing things. Is it, it's either more significant or less significant. Uh, so it's not like there's not absolutes. You know, and, and that's something that you, if you talk to a scientist if, that has done research, they're going to tell you that. But the third thing is for an average bell curve, right? So everybody, okay, imagine a bell and the top of the bell is the middle. That's the average, right? To get that bell curve, it takes 30 tests, 30 samples that have to be consistent to have an average. So that means to compare the tone of a Les Paul you need to play 30 to have some sort of average bell curve in your mind or in a study to be able to 
qualify which are, are better or worse or whatever you're testing it against. So like these are the things you have to kind of keep in mind when people are doing these scientific, quote unquote, or empirical research. Um, more often than not, they're really not. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. There you go. So let the let the debate continue in the I think I tweeted something like <laughs> well, may this debate never end or something like that. But you know. Well yeah, I mean I think so because that, that video's getting tons of views, which is good for us, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep the comments right, so coming. Man. Just <laughs> yeah, keep, keep that engagement it. coming. Keep fighting. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna get uh, our rig ready here for dipping. So today, there it is. Hey, there we go. We yep. get it. Okay, we got, got it. it. So this is uh, this is from our friend Kenny. Uh, let's see, and he says that this is. Uh, He's gigged on both drums and bass, but he's trying to play more guitar. He's been jamming with some friends recently and would really like to start gigging on guitar. And he's assembled this rig to play rhythm in an originals uh, band that draws a lot of inspiration from 90s alternative rock, especially especially the Smashing Pumpkins. So what we've got here is a 59 Baseman reissue that is, is stock, as you can tell. He's got a uh, 2016 Les Paul Studio 50s tribute, nice. a Yamaha uh, Revstar RS502. Uh, and then let's see, he's changed. Uh, oh, he's changed some pickups in Les Paul. Uh, the pedals, he's got a TS9, the Muffaletta, the Micropog, uh, JHS Emperor Chorus, Phase 90, Catlin Bread Topanga. And uh, that's about it. Nice. So, and uh, and Kenny's I, in the chat today. So quick plug for our Patreon. If you click the link down below, join our Patreon. You can submit your rig to be dipped. You can be part of the episodes while we're recording live in our private Patreon-only Discord server. And we're even doing monthly Q&As for, uh, for one of the tiers on Patreon. We, we taped yeah. one of those last week. Yeah, the week. highest yeah, tier. So um, link down below. Support the show. We really appreciate it. So, uh, And yeah, Kenny's in the chat. So, awesome. Nice. Well, what do you think about this rig? I, I love all right, it. First of all, I love the straps. The two matching yes. guitar straps, the rose <laughs> straps. What Kenny's uh, let us know what who makes those because I I want one. They're like pink roses embroidered on the strap. Looks amazing. I love floral designs mm-hmm. on on guitar stuff. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, Les Paul. I mean, what did he say? What pickups are in there? Uh so it's got um, br- 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 it has what. Oh my God, the Discord went away. I think there's a 59 uh, Duncan in the bridge. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, and then and then, and then neck pickup stock. Okay, so, cool. yeah, so it's a 59 pickup nice. in the bridge. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what more can you ask for? It's a pretty solid, straight, a straight ahead, middle down, middle of the road, Les Paul. Um, the Revstar, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this before. Revstars, I feel like, don't get enough love. I think they're really yeah. slamming guitars for what they are and they're a really attractive shape i we we did an episode so, on too. this last year right like why Revstar isn't yeah. more uh appreciated yeah i i've got hold on yeah mine's downstairs actually Here, here's one i prepared earlier <laughs> um i i think like so that's the, a slight oops, sorry that's a slightly older mm-hmm. model it's got the different adjustable wraparound bridge which my biggest gripe on those were the bridge i think the bridge was kind of um it just was too – it wasn't robust enough right. to um, do what I would want a wraparound bridge to do. Um, but I do think the guitars aesthetically are 
are really sh- uh, sharp yeah. looking. And um, I don't know. It, they're just really cool instruments. So um, if you've if you've wanted to play one, these are really good. And they're not crazy yeah, money. They're yet, really they're affordable. So. They're well made. I mean, Yamaha, they're the best motorcycle, piano, yeah. guitar, uh, <laughs> drum company out there. You know? Um, cool. Mm-hmm. So pedal board. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Ditch the tube Ditch screamer, the tube screamer man. But... The tube screamer into the the muffaletta that combo is is a that's something that a lot of people love yeah. and that's a classic combo. The only way I would say, especially for the '90s alternative well, rock. Well, here's here's what I would recommend for keeping the tube screamer is if that was some kind of black panel or silver panel Fender, and instead of the Les Paul, you were playing a Strat, then I would say, cool, mm-hmm. the 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 TS9 makes sense. Otherwise, Mm-mm-mm. no, no, no. <laughs> We got we I got it. We got to go play some tweeds with some tube screamers and just crack I the have hell a out tweed of and I have a tube screamer. I just don't listen. Okay, take that. Plug your Les Paul in the tube screamer and plug it right into the amp and then turn what tweed amp? Oh, you, no, no, not the tweed deluxe. Something with some some headroom, oh. um, something that doesn't go. Whenever oh, you come on, do you, do you know how up. to set up a tweed deluxe? They don't just go. Yes. No. They, no. But. If you know how to dial but, in a Tweed Deluxe, there can be a ton of headroom, and a Tweed Deluxe can be a great pedal platform amp. Uh, but you you run that into a higher powered Tweed amp, it's gonna rip. It's gonna sound like classic rock, yeah. dude. That's what it sounds. Yeah, like. just it. Look, I will die yeah, on this I hill. I know, I know, and Jesus Christ, I will too. I just <laughs> look the TS the Tube Screamer is not a bad pedal. I think. It's it's kind of become this thing for me where it's like oh Rachel hates the tube screamer. It's like it's fine. I just think it's overrated. I think I think too many people jump on the tube screamer bandwagon because of Stevie Ray Vaughan, because of John Mayer, and it gets talked about as like oh it's the Stevie Ray Vaughan thing. It's not the Stevie Ray Vaughan thing. It's not the John Mayer thing. It it's fine for replacing mid-range in a rig that lacks mid-range or if you're using a super high gain sound and you need to tighten up low end the tube screamer i think is fine it's a okay overdrive i just think in the world of overdrives there's so many better get a get a a ds1 i think i just made a video on this the ds1 i think is better than the tube screamer in every single way it's more versatile it has more gain on tap it's a great boost you can use the eq is super super powerful and they're less expensive get a ds1 Mm, we'll have another fight (laughs) we'll have we'll have to have in an in-person mic up amps and just play let's fight about overdrives let's do that one day when you're back here around down i would i would gladly come to fisticuffs with you over that moving on muffaletta is great though (laughs) muffaletta rules okay thank god we can agree i I really love what jhs has done with this whole series where it's basically every version it's like the muffaletta and then um what was the rat version called uh the The pack pack rat. rat dude and the bonds and as a pedal builder like has josh talked to you about what they've done in there because it's mm-hmm. it's basically like all six pedals in that one box right all six circuits yeah yeah it's whatever is is pertinent to the circuit that has to change gets changed it gets rerouted that's pretty impressive it's very smart yeah yeah but but if, if you ever opened one um you'll see there's like board 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 there's a lot to make it happen you think oh that's it's like a clipping switch it is not <laughs> it's it's a whole 
crazy thing. It's like like if you've ever been inside a Chase Bliss uh, pedal, yeah. there's a lot of shit yeah. in there to make it work. Yeah. That T-shirt that they dropped for Black Friday, where it's like a, a, a studio inside the <laughs> yeah, box, that's pretty much it. Um, is pretty much what yeah. is inside those things. Yeah. Um, anyway, Micropog. Micropog. Classic. Uh, Emperor. Uh, classic. The chorus. That thing is based on the um, the uh, Arion. Yep. And that's actually uh, the inspiration course, for one of the pedals we're going to talk about today. For me, for gear of the year, came from the Emperor. Oh. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, phase 90, straight down the middle. Pretty pretty cool. And then the Topanga. The, the phase 90 is okay. Hold on, hold on. I think the Phase 90 is, it. it's a little too washy. It does a sound. Sure. And if you're going for the 90s alternative rock thing, it that, is, that or Small Stone is the sound. But I just prefer the Phase 45. Well, I think, less, less I think phase the Small Stone is better than musical. either the Phase 90 or the 45. The small stone, really? yeah, I like the small stone a lot with the mm. color switch because it does this really cool thing to the low end of your signal, and it okay. makes it gives okay. you this really punchy low thing that's cool. I think I think small stone's a better a better phaser. Um, I know they're okay. different. I know they do different things. Whatever. Um, Topanga. I don't. I've never played a Topanga. It, uh, when we uh, had them at Carter drink, drink um, sold a lot of them. People loved them. They said it was just a great spring reverb, but not crazy money so you know no complaints okay. for the and then uh you know tweed basement can't go wrong um that with the tube screamer is really good whatever <laughs> um you know when i was uh when, with with good trouble we for like a year and a half we did all those dates opening for dwight yokum and in mm-hmm. in all respects it was a horrific terrible experience because of dwight yokum but uh the one cool thing i will say about uh him is his bass player is running a vintage p bass into a basement and that's the bass rig oh, okay and it's cool hey i mean it it i think people forget that it works for that yeah that's <laughs> kind of what it was for to begin with and it's cool yeah. it does the thing not a ton of low end yeah. but for that kind of you know i love dwight's music but boy yeah man the the some of my favorite tweed guitar amps are the bass amps the basement yep. And then the Pro, which is a single 15. That was that the Pro was the first like Fender bass amp, essentially. Yeah. Um, and man, that thing with the Les Paul straight in turned all the way up is just Texas boogie ground blues. And Kenny just posted in the Patreon, I also use my P bass with your basement. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get on to rating yeah, this do. thing. So, okay. I like the guitars. I wouldn't necessarily change anything there. I like the Humbucker P90 combination. That's, that's pretty slamming. Um, obviously I'd switch the tube screamer out for damn near just about anything else. Um, <laughs> just a bag yeah, of dirt. Just literally just even take it off would be an improvement. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I, I think we could do a little bit more in the time based. I'd like to see some kind of delay on here. I'd probably drop the phase 90 and I'd go with sure. like, uh, uh, some kind of tape or analog delay would be a lot of fun like a memory man yeah thing. memory man or or like a, an l cap or a deco a deco with this rig would kill um oh, with yeah. the bass too i mean come on you have that tape saturation and then you could use it also to give you some some chorusing or some flanging which is super cool on bass um that's what i would do i'd drop the phase 90 i'd put in a deco and i'd drop the tube screamer and get i mean I don't know, just yell into your pickup or something. Probably be better. Um, <laughs> another point, the people that say that pickups aren't microphonic, have you never spoken into your pickup before or yelled into the pickup? Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. I know. 
I know. I... <laughs> and then uh, love the basement. Whatever. Whatever. All right. So swap the pedals around. You're getting bonus points because you play your P base into your pa- your basement. I like this rig. Nine point five shoils for me. Dang, yeah. I think that's great. Um, I like it. I th- I agree with you. I think. Uh, and in the in the chat, he said he's got a, a, um, a flashback okay. uh, X four uh, yeah. X, so he could move the the phase ninety off. But I agree, having a little bit of delay, even even just something that could do a little slap, just like an Oracle or a DM two or whatever, you're gonna it's gonna get you really far down the road with this setup uncovering a lot of ground and i'm keep the tube screamer 9.6 damn one dollar bob there you Price go this is right dun, 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 dun. oh man i have always wanted to have an app on my phone where i can just push a button and don't have to open my phone i can just push a button and it would play the losing yeah. music from the price is right anytime i wanted bum, 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 wow. <laughs> the really sad like trombone um i think that would be really funny anyway Oh uh, man. Okay. So um, you know, like like a lot of people in our space right now, it's coming down towards the end of the year. And is. we're gonna do we're gonna do gear of the year. And this is gonna be a little bit more, more low key, but I do want to shout out um have you seen what Emily Hopkins is gonna be doing for her like year of the year thing? I follow her on Instagram and whatnot, but no. Well, I just saw this on Instagram, and at the time of taping, I believe it hasn't gone live yet, but I think they're going to do, like, an, an actual, like, awards ceremony over there on her channel, which okay. I, think it, I think they're the perfect people to do it, so I can't wait to see what they do. But we're just going to talk about our favorite stuff from this year, stuff we bought this year. It doesn't have to be stuff that came out this year. It's just stuff that we picked up this year, uh, gear right. of the year, stuff we would recommend, stuff we like to talk about. So, um, yeah, where do you want to start? You know, I'm going to start. And unfortunately, because I keep gear at the house and at the shop, I don't have everything at, at both places. But I'm going to start with the box of this. Let's see if I hey. uh, There it is. The Boss uh, RE202 Space Echo, the new one, the big boy. Um, so my pedal board, for those that missed the the let's, let's dip each other's rigs episode, uh, is the Klon Centaur and then that. Because that's all I need. And that pedal, I haven't even scratched the surface of what it can do, but holy hell, what a great sounding delay yeah. pedal for like doing everything. And it's got the reverb and all this. It just does, it does it all. And it's really Yeah, great. the Yeah. Uh, you can't see it in this view, but it's, it's on my, my main board down here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the small one is great too, because you know, they have the two, the sizes. I was using the small one, um, just last week to mix. I did a, a cover version with Susie Jones, um, a blue Christmas and uh-huh. we, uh, yeah, just to give it some vibe, I used I used the small one on her vocal. I used it on bass. I used it on the guitar solo. Um, yeah, I, I agree, man. I still want a real RE two hundred one, but uh-huh. the reality is you don't need one because this. If you have to have that thing, what's interesting about it is the two hundred one is different than like a typical tape echo because it has you know the built in spring reverb and the different delay heads mm-hmm. and stuff and so it really does its own thing if you're considering you know if you're looking at delay pedals the the 202 the pedal is is pretty unique have have you ever looked at the echo fix yes stuff? i have i've i've really looked into yeah. it and i have my uh the multivox multi echo is that like italian brand from the 70s it was their version of the 201 mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i gotta have the real 
No, I, f- I feel it. And like for me, as, as like the the thought of having to deal with an actual tape echo machine, because I've had a lot of people ask, why don't I have one? Um, well, they got expensive because it's just, they're just expensive now. But if I was going to get anything, I'd get probably just get an mm-hmm. echo fix because they have every part and tape and all the crap you need. Because guess what? That shit's going to break. It's going to break. So. Now, my rebuttal to that is Soundgas. You know, not sponsored, but the there's a company in the UK called Soundgas, and they they specialize mm-hmm. in vintage, you know, synths and and tape echoes and stuff. But for me, I'm only gonna buy a 201 through them because they are gone through, they're vetted, and they are sort of specialists in you know fixing the problems. They make some reproduction parts for them, so it's right. A tape echo is like buying a classic car. It's not it's yeah. not your everyday thing. Um, Unless you have the no know how and wherewithal to be like maintaining it pretty regularly, right? Yeah, is is that where Dan Steinhardt got his space? I think account? so. Yeah, they're they're yeah. pretty trusted. Um, sure, they're not cheap though, man. They've gotten crazy expensive. Everything's expensive. So, <sighs> like Paul, like Paul Reed Smith said, "Don't let money be." Yeah, your which by the way, <laughs> okay, I didn't realize that this was going to be like a whole public thing uh friends at premier guitar that now this is uh okay apparently now i'm buying this marshall i didn't realize this yeah we're gonna take all our money and pull it and you're just <laughs> well that's different because the way it's being sort of pitched to me is that it's like or the way i'm receiving it is that it's my money that i'm gonna have you. to spend on this thing oh well maybe that is better <laughs> uh, maybe i don't know <laughs> well what what's your first pick of the year okay i'm gonna start uh with a little self shill here. And by oh, self shill, no. I mean your, your self shill. This oh. is Mario Sep. <laughs> I. Hey, look at that. Absolutely love this little thing. Um, Thank it's you. essentially a small pedal board in a box, basically. With the mm-hmm. two, you got the treble boost, you've got the, the overdrive, and then the, the echo, which has actually become one of my favorite slap echoes uh, that I have. And I just leave it on the. Are these RJ's settings here with the two dots? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's RJ setting. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's great. Um, Thank you. This has been like a good little flyboard thing. Throw it on the board with maybe one or two other things, and it's it's great. And also, we've talked about this. You can't see it on camera, but this is so pink that it hurts. It's you there. I, I've yet to figure out how to photograph it, and nobody that no dealer, no one has got the true the, the just retina burning color that it it is uh, like captured it yet. <laughs> honestly feels like it's amplifying the light that's hitting it it's not just reflecting it's doing mm-hmm. something that's making it brighter in some way so uh we it what it was it was really bright and then jacob said that he was having but jacob at f5 who does online closure said he was having some trouble with uh the the consistency of the pink so they did a white undercoat uh, now and he said it made them even brighter <laughs> and then we got we got them and we compared them and they are it's it's ridiculous the only my only complaint on the Seuss mario set and i'm com- going to complain on my own thing here is that the echo switch for the life of me i can't figure out how to not make it pop yeah. when you turn it on yeah. and it goes through the circuit and you hear it repeated if you have the echo on. Uh, I've gotten a lot of complaints about it, and I'm sorry. It will go away if you click it about, I don't know, 100 times but because uh, it's charged the caps. Oh, while it's on. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the only thing we could do is make it a soft touch, and I've I, I've avoided that. Uh, but but yeah, I love that circuit, and I think because that's where the Cestus came from, the new treble yep. boost, and that pedal it was weird. Like the old one was was it was cool, but when we put that treble boost in it, it just took it to a whole new yeah. direction, and I, I love yeah, it. It's it's really it. it literally is three pedals basically for the price of one and in one box. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like it. Sweet. Uh, my next thing, which I couldn't show if I wanted to, because it's a plugin is the neural DSP tongue King plugin. Good call. I started using this, man, I started using this for live streams and just for putzing around on the computer. And now for recording all my demos, it makes my life so much easier. And every time I like in practice, like getting, you know, everything ready and I'll get some sounds, I'll have the guys come in and they say, wait, that's just the plugin. Mm-hmm. And we all get floored because like there's, there's, you know, there's a difference when you're like, cause you did the video where you a beat it. And of course there's going to be a big difference, but like in that, uh, the bubble that is recording guitar for like a means to an end, it works so well. Yeah, so. I agree. Now I haven't really used it, but that's because I don't use guitar amp plugins ever. Right. Because I work out of my studio I'm surrounded by real amps and things like the Axe Effects, and so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pull up an amp sound, I'm just gonna play an amp. Um, same thing about being on a gig. Like I'm not gonna bring my laptop and set up a whole rig when I could just play an amp. But for you, someone like you, in your position where it's like you need a little rig at the shop, you need something that's easy to replicate. You don't want to have to deal with miking stuff up and patching stuff together. It's uh, it's pretty slamming. Yeah, the only thing it's like, I mean, like I okay, I mean. I don't know. You can, there's the there's the two rock and there's the whoop, well there's the that ampeg I got and I have my you know my PRS amp and the and Soldano in here. But just to make my life easy, like don't get me wrong, these amps with through the aux or especially with a mic on it, it's awesome. But I'm around other businesses and people, and it just I don't know. We I spent a lot of time really tweaking it. and We've sat down and really dialed it in the the plug in because right out of the box, it's not mm-hmm. perfect. But nothing ever is, you know. So once we got it fine-tuned, I was just so happy with the consistency and, and the ease of workflow, which for those, you know, who, like me, if I'm trying to record something and th- something stops me, then all whatever creative juice I had in my right. brain just dissipates oh, entirely. Yeah. So I need I need that. And the, the neural thing, I have that one and then the Petrucci one because why not? And uh, they're, they're both so awesome. Yeah, so. that's a real thing. I, so I was having this discussion with my wife, Tilly, because, um, I don't know if she wants me announcing this publicly yet, but she's, Uh she's starting a YouTube channel, a photography channel. She's (gasps) an incredible film photographer, analog photographer. Um, and so we're kind of helping her get her studio set up. And we were having this discussion last night, which is like, this is my third time setting up a studio space. I'm about to go through it a fourth time when the studio's downstairs is set up and the first lesson I learned is if you are going to be creative in a space like this, where you're interacting with your gear or you're interacting with a computer, you need to have everything set up so that it is as like little resistance as possible between you having an idea and then putting that idea down. So for me, that means using a patch bay. It means using my outboard gear. It means that literally this space is ergonomically set up so that I can just with a press of a few buttons, 
I can be up and recording with as little effort as possible because you're right. When you have to start dealing with like, oh, I got to grab a cable. I got to place a mic. I got to do this. I got to patch this in. I got to get levels. Wait, why is this not working? Hold on. Then you're sitting 20 minutes later and you haven't done anything. And the idea is, uh, the idea is just gone. It's a, it's a big, big deal. So that is a plus in the category of a plugin because you can just pull it up yep. and it's there and you don't have to deal with hardware. You don't have to deal with miking your amp and all that kind of stuff. Um, for me, I've just done all the work ahead of time and I use this stuff every day. So I know it works yeah. and yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I, and, and, and as like a, a runner up to that, I, I use the HX line six plugin as yep. well. And, and it's, it's awesome too. It's just, I think for me, the simplicity of the neural thing um, just makes the most yeah, it's sense. It's great. It's great. Yeah. All right. Next up for me, you had to guess this was on the list. My, uh, oh, my yeah. R9 Les Paul. Ooh. Um, oh, I'm, I would say I'm past the honeymoon phase with it at this point. It's been five or six weeks, I think since I bought it. Um, have you found faults with it yet? Well, it does need a new nut. The nut is pinging. Um, it is a bone nut, mm. but it just needs, it needs a new nut. Bone nut. Yeah. Get that bone out of there. You put nylon. Oh, you put a Christ. nylon nut in that no. thing. If you're gonna go burst, if you're gonna go burst, needs a nylon hey. nut. No, no. They sound fine. No. My R9 rings like a bell, and it's got a. Pla- My 1955 J50 has a nylon nut, and it rules. Hey. Hey. Just do hey. it. No. Do it. Not gonna do it. <sighs> Not gonna do it. So mad at you. I'm just listening to this thing in the mic. It's just. Yeah, but you're holding. You, you need you need you need the nylon. I don't thing. need the nylon. I don't need the nylon thing. It, I, well, but okay, wait, wait, hold on, wait. When you're fretting, the, well, I can't grab that guitar yet. When you're fretting the guitar, the nut doesn't even matter. So why don't you just put? <laughs> why don't you just put a nylon thing? Because I don't do it the want right way. to. How about that? <sighs> Boom. Uh, Sometimes I don't get it. <laughs> Hey, opposites attract, man. You know, it's a real thing. I believe in it. People keep asking if we've kissed yet for some reason. I get this. There's this one guy that gets on my live streams. Is like, when are you two actually going to get married? And it's like, oh man, how did you marry him? Ooh, (laughs) Um, that's funny. Uh, Yeah, no this this guitar is uh, it's magical. And interestingly enough, so I've talked about the Dutch burst for years, right? And oh no, and I always said if it ever came up for sale. I was going to pull the trigger and it's come up for sale. Oh and no. How much is it? <laughs> I th- I think cause it was up from Euro to, to us. I think the seller was, I need to check the DM. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it was like seven or 8,000 Euro. Oh, Oh, that's, it's re- it's reasonable. That's less than yeah, I expect. I, I could expected. be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But then I was like, but Christ on a bike, that's a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I've got my Les Paul. Like, I, I didn't okay. think that I would find something to replace Taster's Choice, but I did. And um, <laughs> it's this one. So, yeah. Well, I, I'm so curious to play that guitar because I, so I'll, I'll just hold yeah, that. Okay. Here's my next choice. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, is my 54 reissue that I bought. Uh, with the the wraparound tailpiece and um this guitar was on the gibson demo shop and uh, i saw it and thought uh, and i just immediately bought it because i've never seen one with two humbuckers in the wrap tail except for the jeff beck signature mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. which was oxblood mm-hmm. um 
And then they did another small batch of them, but I had never seen a gold one. And Joey, it's so funny. I feel like I always copy Joey inadvertently. Um, He had just gotten his Sorokin that was made like this. And I, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've thought about one of these for a long time, but this guitar, the neck shape. So this is a, supposed to be a 54. Mm -hmm. It feels almost identical to my, um, 55 J 50. It's, it's like the same chunky shape without being huge. Cause that's something Gibson has gotten so right, uh, recently is, um, is the neck shapes. They finally kind of dialed that. Yeah. The vintage neck shapes are not so egregious. that big there. You know, you, you play no. some R eights or R nines and you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm playing a, you know, baseball bat, but they're not that big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But the only thing about this guitar I didn't like was the pickup. So it's got, uh, put some bare knuckle riffraff, nice. uh, in here and which are everyone said go mules but you know what the riffraff are actually lower okay. output they just have alnico fives and this guitar is so cool i've changed a few other things aesthetically because i'm a nut but this was going to be my my number one thing but uh since you you brought you showed yours i better oh shit mine. i didn't even think about the ranking this probably would have been my number one thing eh. too but <laughs> all right well whatever doesn't matter uh, yeah i could not be happy with this guitar i love the fact that it's 20 this is a 99, so it's 23 years old, almost 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I I might refret it, actually. I was talking to Tim Pierce about this. So Tim Tim is on a Les Paul journey right now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's bought a couple and he's selling off ones that he's uh, he doesn't like and kind of honing it in. And what he was telling me is basically on, on everything he's buying now, he just buys it and immediately has it refretted, like Tom Bukovac, right? Where he just, and oh, really? I need to ask him, in fact, that's, Good reminder. I need to text him because one of he bought this R nine. It's a Murphy Lab R nine that he had refretted, and the frets he had put on it were amazing. They were like the best frets I'd ever played. I don't remember what they are in terms of size or mm. spec or whatever, but I think I'm gonna have this guitar. Doesn't need it, but after I played Tim's, I was like, I want those frets on this guitar. Um, and sure. Tim helped me pick this one well, out. So the the only thing is like when you refret them, if you lose that binding nib. Like, I don't, for me, I, I, some people don't care. It, it has, doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter at all. But I really love seeing that little bit of binding peeking out on the edge of, of each fret. And so, like, you can get it refretted. And yeah, keep you can keep the nibs. But I, a, I don't care. It's more of a bitch. Yeah, I, I don't care about it. It's definitely easier to, to lose yeah. them. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. I'm, uh, I love it. It doesn't have a name yet, though. I don't know if it needs a name. I don't know. I'm not into naming stuff. I, I name it, it always... but I don't like refer to the guitars as their name. I think to me that's a step too far. But a lot of my guitars have have names that I just you know, like a like a person name, Some of them, or just like a nickname, like, a nickname. like for um, okay. like the like the Dutch burst we nicknamed Taster's Choice because it was kind of an inside joke with the band. But well, that's um, okay. It's not like you're calling them like you know Vinny yeah, or Kevin. You know, you know yeah. something like yeah. <laughs> Where's Keith at? Is he out? Oh, he's in his case. Okay. Never mind. Um, okay. Your turn. So, well, you, no, well, we no went. you went. And then, and then you went. I, okay. Okay. And now it's your okay. turn again. Okay. Right. Wait, wait, no, wait. 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 Is it? Is it? Okay. All it's right. your turn. I'm going to go with another, uh, another pedal here. Cause I'm pretty pedal heavy this year. I feel like, uh, oh. the new Madison Cunningham signature pedal from JHS, the artificial blonde. Ah, oh, would you look at that? Yeah. It's, uh, look at it. I, absolutely love this thing i've been using it non-stop since i got it um mm-hmm. so this started where a few weeks ago i made a video in my sort of like player 
highlight series, which I don't have a name for that series. I probably should name that series something, but where I talked about Madison Cunningham and what an unbelievable musician she is, what an unbelievable guitar player she is. And I reached out to Josh on Marco Polo because I, I knew that Josh and her were super close and I knew they were working on a pedal, but I didn't know what it was. And it <clears throat> just so happened that like the day where I was making the video was the day before she was going to be in Kansas City filming at JHS for this pedal. Um, and right. so people were like, oh, it's a conspiracy. People think that me and JHS are like in cahoots on stuff. And that was a complete coincidence. <laughs> well, you're a part owner. I but, mean, you know, yeah, I, I own, you know, about 35% of uh, of the company's stock, <laughs> but, you know, and I have a board seat. But other than that, like I have no vested mm -hmm. interest in JHS. That's not true, by the way. Don't. No, no, it's not um, true. But yeah, this this thing is amazing. Since doing that video on Madison, I've started using a lot more just always on pitch modulation with stuff, which is what this mm -hmm. is. It's basically on her board. It was it came from the emperor, you know, like we were talking about earlier. Right. She had an emperor on her board that she just left on all the time. And so the idea with the signature pedal was to give it give her something that was a little more just simplified that was designed to just be an always on pitch modulation with two presets, two settings. It's also stereo, true stereo, which is cool because mm. you can use it to mix with. That's what I've been doing is like pushing drums or vocals through it and getting this stereo field pitch modulation thing happening, which is super cool. It's got a, a really cool and powerful EQ on it and you can boost with it as well. Um, mm. Pitch modulation That's is something that more people need to experiment with, I think. You know, it, it's because McKinley had mentioned, like, because we were, when when we first started really diving into my chorus idea, he says, it's got to have the, you know, the mix kill and do the pure pitch. And I was like, I don't really, I don't really like that. But as I've listened to it more, I've started to like it. Because, you know, like John Schofield yes. has always got like some warble going on and stuff and so i'm starting to come around to it so i'm i'm curious to try it and it's funny we were talking about her because like we kind of knew a little bit about her um and then the pedal came out and then she was in like a toyota yeah, commercial just, or she did something with toyota. it was like what yeah. what so she's about to have some of that you know that black keys money remember they were nobody uh, and then they, they were like in their, commercial the or something. and then yeah and then a lot of i think their og fans got like really pissed at them because they sold out which is the, the most hipster yeah. bullshit ever um oh Man, you get money get paid, my favorite okay? band became financially successful and viable but through their art that's such bullshit oh they're sold out like yeah whatever, dude. uh no but i will say um i saw madison in atlanta we tilly and i went to her show and um she is incredible, dude. If you guys aren't hip to Madison Cunningham, please go. She just got has a new record out, um, Revealer. And, dude, it's so unbelievably good. I, she's going to be a legend. Total legend. Yeah. Cool. And she couldn't be a I've got to listen person. to more of her stuff. Yeah. I've only, like, I've only listened to it and listened to it in, in, uh, in past. I just was watching her play, uh, watching her at her show, just the whole time, like, okay, so how is she singing? what she's singing but also playing like she's pl it's it's just yeah I, th I think it's just how people learn like my wife when she plays guitar she the way she approaches playing and singing is so different than how i had to to bend my guitar playing to to my will to be able to sing underneath uh or sing above playing guitar and eventually I got to a point where I could play riffs and sing that were totally different uh, melodies. Uh -huh. 
but it took years yeah. for me to just sitting and practicing and singing at the same time to be able to do yeah. that. So I, I think it's just how you, however you learn, yeah. you can just do it. Or yeah, can't. I can't do it. I can only do background vocals and it has to be a really simple part. And then I have to like pare down my guitar part to be really simple at the same time. Cause my brain, I'm having to like split my brain in half and it, you know, right. I can barely do it. So what's wow. next? So, uh, w w I mentioned the, the HX plugin and another one, we'll have to show a picture of it. Here we go. Whoop. The catalyst. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll mark this. Um, the Catalyst amp, uh, I got the Catalyst 60, yep. right? There's 60, 100, 200. Um, so the HX stomp was like my go-to practice thing, which I I might have got that last year. I think I did. But when the Catalyst came out, I was I was super interested. And then Line 6 very graciously sent me one to, to, to mess with. And it has become the main thing I play at home because it just does everything I need it to do. And, and, and they said update it, plug it in and, and mess with it on a computer. And doing that took it from being like, ah, okay, that's pretty good. But when you plug it into the computer and then you can do all the things that you can do in HX ah. stomp, um, with the catalyst and then save it, like make the reverb pre or post or, or whatever, do all those things. It just turned it into a whole different that's animal. Cool. And I love it. I love it for, because unlike the 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 modeler thing that sounds like a recorded yeah, guitar right. sound the catalyst sounds like an amp in the room which is a big that that's a big bridge for a lot of people to go from analog yeah. to digital or like tube amp to modeler is if you're not used to hearing a recorded guitar sound a lot of people that i think complain about something sounding digital they're actually talking about no i'm it sounds too direct because they're not used to a mic in front of a speaker yeah. um and so, yeah, having some kind of cabinet in the room, it, if it's, yeah, it can, it can really bridge that gap for a lot of people, which is cool. Yeah. I, I really like it. My only complaint with it is it's not the most attractive looking thing in the no. world. Um, and, and, you know, that's, you know, neither here nor there. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing. If I had a gig and that made the most sense, I would by all means use it, um, but I, I do wish it had a little more aesthetic vibe. You know, That's what Fender did so right with the Tone Master series. Just make it look like yeah. the old amp. And most people don't even know. And it sounds like the old amp, especially in a room or on a gig or something. You know, it. Yeah, but they, I mean, they have the the product catalog to do yeah, that. Yeah, but Line 6 like... could have done that. They could have done, designed something that was more vintage well, looking. They totally could. And, and uh, I, I think... I mean, who knows? I think we're going to see more and more of that. I think that as uh, you know, in the next couple of years, it, as that becomes more of a, a normal standard thing for people, um, more amps are going to start looking a little more traditional, but ha just be a you know digital tomfoolery going on underneath the control panel. So, uh, but anyway, I think the Catalyst is really great. Um, so that's that's one of my favorite things i use it all nice. the time. i'm gonna do a quick honorable mention here um it makes my list but i'm not gonna talk about it too much because you can't buy them currently but my amp the granville port city granville oh, yeah. we sold out of the first run of 10 um there will be more coming next year but it's still going to be really limited numbers um but i could not be happier with that amp and how it came out it, it's on its way back right now uh from final touches and tweaks and everything and um yeah i mean daniel at port city absolutely killed it on that amp 
and um, cool. can't wait to spend more time with it. But that was my honorable mention. My non-honorable mention in the amp category is going to be the actual Tone King Imperial Mark II. Yeah. Uh, I got that early, early this year. And, dude, it's become one of my go-to amps in here for just about everything. It is so good. Noah bought one after playing mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bought the combo version. I mean, dude, that's a that's a Hall of Fame the- amp right there. It really is. I, I personally, I prefer the Sky King a little more. I don't even know if they still make I think the they Sky do. King. Uh, but um, the Imperial is, I don't know, when you think of a benchmark for what a good boutique amp should be, it's one mm-hmm. of them. It's you know? up there. It just, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's super powerful. The channel switching. I love the built-in spring reverb. The tremolo sounds amazing. Um, the two mm-hmm. channels, like the the left channel, the gain channel is super, super usable. You can go from like, edge of breakup black panel deluxe stuff to full on tweed stuff to really saturated really gainy um and then even the rhythm channel will get pretty pretty dirty on its own too i mean it's it's killer oh yeah well it's like you know it's a super tweaked out deluxe and i mean my my reissue black panel deluxe uh if you turn it up you know it it has a great overdrive oh, yeah. sound but i i agree i feel like most people don't talk about the lead channel on mm-hmm. that thing and that mid bite knob uh is, is that what it's called yeah is, the mid it, the mid bite because mid... it, dude it's got so much control it's one of those things where it's in the eq curve it's not just shifting mid-range it's really progressive yeah. and it's changing low end and high end and mid-range as you sweep um it's really powerful yeah, it it takes it from like a tweedish thing to more of a brown panel thing and basically all the iconic fender sounds are are in that that amp yeah that's on my list of amps where it's like i've got a little bit of money to spend you know i'm i'm a budge above like a budget tube amp and i want something nice reliable well made but it needs to be one amp to do everything and you want something in the fender flavor okay probably the move yeah well as a segue from that the the probably one of the last things i have that really stood out this year and i can't i'll have to maybe we'll post another picture is uh, I got the Soldano SLO 30. And so I didn't, I didn't want to spring for the 100 because, you know, good gracious. But I, I, I got the 2x12 because I wanted a slanted 2x12 and I found one for a deal. Mm-hmm. And then I got the, the 30. I think it was like an open box. I buy all sorts of blims and open box from Sweetwater or Guitar right. Center. <laughs> if I can find an open box for a discount, I'm going to get yep. that. And uh, I did. And that amp is i'm not crazy about the the overdriven channel right. you know the the higher gain channel it's cool it has its place it's an iconic sound and and i i do enjoy using it but just the normal channel that it's funny any if i'm playing a guitar and i'm running to the, the two rock or the 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 prs uh, hendrix head or or anything else and i just can't get i can't find what it is i'm looking for i plug into the slo and every time i'm like oh there's the amount of gain or the clarity or whatever it is I wanted, the depth, because it yeah. has so much low end. It's all in that amp, and I, I freaking love it. It's awesome. Yeah. So. I think I want the 100. Because you can Man. get it. I mean, you can use it now. Like with the, the aux and these other attenuators, yeah. like, yeah, you can use a 100-watt amp. Um, but for me, it would primar- primarily be a studio piece because the, the band I play mm-hmm. in doesn't need that much gain. and um. But when we were at well, GearFest earlier this year and I made that video with Tim and Pete and they were watching them dial in the SLO because Tim had one of the first ones. He had like, we uh-huh. showed the, the he he found a, um, 
a copy of the first like order sheet and the names, dude, that were on that early list of the of the Soldano oh, orders. Um, Tim had number like forty nine or fifty, and it was his main studio amp for a while. After that, they're really versatile. So, yeah, I think a lot of people only think of it being this like super gainy uh, thing, and it's way more than that. And I was going to say, uh, I think the little mini one, the little teeny uh-huh. one they uh-huh. dropped. Uh, that was in reverbs, like best-selling products of the wow. year, which was kind of shocking to me. I did, you know, I don't know, I guess cause it's super affordable and they, all the videos I heard sound really great, but, um, but yeah, there's, it's not enough Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta really, That's the thing it. with the hundred watt, but it's like, you can't use it very often, but when you can, I, I know. And I will say that I don't know what uh style master volume circuit that Mike and, and company have devised for these right. amps, but they work really well. Cause you get some hundred watt or even 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 a 30 watt amp with a master volume and they can just sound atrocious yeah. when you turn it down. These no. don't they sound really good. So whatever they're doing, I hope they keep doing good it on because them. it's a classic. It's a modern classic. Do you have anything yeah, else? I got, a, I got a couple other things, but I mean we could go as Pick, pick, pick your, I don't really have anything else except for my favorite. I was going to pick my favorite mythos pedal of the year. And where'd I put it? Oh boy. All right. I got to right make a few, few choices here. Um, all right. Well, honorable mention, since I was just there last week and I, uh, oh. they sent me home with this, the, uh, the Crom Caroline, dude, uh-huh. oh, I had yeah. not played one of these yeah. until I played this one at their shop. This thing, this thing slaps. It's so cool. It just sounds like early yeah, Metallica or something. To me. It's badass. I, I'm so excited about it. Um, so there's that one. And then speaking of uh, fuzzes, I really love the Star Eater, the Pigtronics Star yeah. Eater. I think this is one of the really best good. fuzzes to come out this year. Um, it's you can do silicon or germanium. Uh, you can, and it's it's an octave fuzz, which I love. That's a desert island effect mm-hmm. for me. It does the super fun thing where you roll your volume down on the neck pickup and you get that funky ring mod sort of multi pitch up pitch down kind of thing happening um it's also a cool case i don't know it's just you know it's interesting it's interesting little case it's different um it looks like a wildberry pop tart so <laughs> it, yeah, yeah it does the exact same color combos the old old wildberry so um yeah star yeah. eater i've i've really really enjoyed playing this thing and um Let's see. Another honorable mention. Uh, I haven't used it in a video yet, but the new Parrot EQ from Empress. Have you seen these? Mm, He's got two new yeah. versions of these out. Really, really powerful, really versatile EQ. Um, I feel like more players should be utilizing EQs on their boards because they're really powerful. You don't think of it as being like a super fun pedal or a super sexy purchase. Like it's, oh, it's an EQ. What do I need that for? But right. you can cover a lot of ground with an EQ. This is a really powerful sort of utility pedal to have. You can make it an overdrive, a boost. You can use it as a tone shaping thing. You can fix issues. Like if you're on a backline amp or something and something's happening that you don't like, you can use the EQ to, to carve that out and revoice stuff. Um, and this one, the para EQ Mark two is really, really, uh, powerful and versatile. So when I first saw it, I thought it was a chase. Bliss yeah, it pedal. does kind of look like a chase bliss pedal, but 
Yeah, it's so hard to put in those foot switches together in that size box. It's just, I don't know, it just looks, they always Well, look it's cool because it's got a built-in boost. But those knobs. So it, it's sort of mm-hmm. giving you the option to sort of split the personality of this pedal, which I really appreciate. Because, again, one of the best things you can do with an EQ is kind of make your own overdrive. You know, if you've got an amp that's mm-hmm. capable of overdriving, you can dial yeah. the, the boost in or dial the EQ in to be a boost and then tone shape it to sort of revoice it or you can revoice pedals on your board but having a built-in boost is a nice feature because they can sort of do the two jobs at once it can be a uh, can be a fixer right if you're carving out certain things you don't yeah. like the other thing is if you're gigging it as you're going between rooms your amp is going to sound different depending on the stage depending on the shape of the room and so having an eq on your board can ha- kind of help fix some issues like maybe there's a weird resonant frequency that you're running into with your guitar amp that's it's resonating with the room in a weird way or you're getting some weird low end or something like that having an eq can help you carve out some of that stuff if you know what you're looking for so yeah yeah i like it i i typically am am not interested in eq stuff like at all but origin effects just released the m eq driver which is like their the the pull tech oh, thing oh yeah I'm going through a pull tech really right now. I really want to try that. The pull tech is cool. Yeah, see, I, yeah, I want to try I haven't it. seen I that I want to yet. try that. Because it's is different. that what they announced last week? Yeah, it's like the blue color. It looks, you know, same kind of color as the rack oh, unit. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude. Yeah, it looks sharp. Let me see here. Um, looks sharp. Uh, yeah, because the pull tech EQ, for those of you that that are that might not be um, hip to it, the pull tech is a, a tube-driven EQ. I'm going through the warm audio version right now. And um, in the studio world, the recording world, it's a really, really famous and powerful EQ because of the way that it works. It's basically you select, uh, if it's based off the MEQ1, which it looks like it is, um, Mm -hmm. you can select a low-end frequency and a high-end frequency or two high-end frequencies to either boost or cut. And on the low-end and the first high-end frequency, there's individual uh, controls for the boost and the cut. And so what you can do is it's called the pull tech EQ trick where you boost and cut at the same time and it shifts the waveform in the EQ and gives you this really cool effect. Uh, it's also a tube EQ. So sen- just sending your signal through it is giving you some color. It's giving you some saturation. Um, that's cool. I'm glad somebody finally put that in a pedal. It's badass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's none better to do it than yeah. those guys. They yeah, really, that's... they got good heads on their shoulders. Tell you something about them origin boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I since I mean you picked one Mythos pedal. I think my last thing would be my favorite pedal that we made this year, which is again the uh, Hephaestus. Yep. Uh, burp, 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 burp. So the story on this, uh, it's a Jordan Boss tone, or it started life as that. And we, I was trying to figure out as part of the Spartan series, I was I was thinking of the next pedal I wanted to make, and I made like a through hole version of that. And I thought, eh, I mean, the, the original has the gain, has a gain wheel because it plugged in the guitar and then a volume wheel thing. And the gain wheel is essentially like a pot in the beginning of the circuit, just like your guitar right. would be if you plugged your guitar right into it. And that was, it didn't really work all that great, kind of sucks. So I took that out and then I just had volume and then that was just incredibly mm-hmm. boring um, because the, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I make the golden fleece. If I want to pedal with just a volume knob, I'll do mm-hmm. that because the golden fleece cleans up better. It has a little more character like sonically for as a fuzz. But then I just wired a pot with just wire sticking out of it to plug into different 
parts uh, on the circuit where a resistor would go. And I threw it into the power line, basically. And as I turned it down, it drops a harmonic in an octave, like underneath. Kind of, It's the same thing as like an Octavia pedal, but just in reverse. Right. And when that happened, we all like freaked out. And um, it's been a labor of love to make these because it's a really specific transistor. There's two transistors. And the first one, it has to be in a tight little range or all that octave thing doesn't yeah. happen. So um, we've measured the, the people that asked me to do, they, they say, why don't you do germanium just to do this with silicon, which is more widely av- available and in new production. I have to, to get a hundred pieces. I'll have to buy like a 500 transistors Damn. to get it exactly where I want it. So, you know, but I'm, I'm in love with this thing. Um, they're probably all going to be gone by the time this, this comes up, but I don't know if there's enough demand. Well, set up. one aside for me. Why don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I yeah, played yeah, the prototype yeah. last time I was up there. Right. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. You, it's one of those things that really, you kind of have to play the pedal because I know a lot of people that get like cleaning up a guitar and playing clean, but there's still, you have to have that dynamic control from your hand mm-hmm and be very cognizant of how you pick and what's going to jump out of the pedal, just like you would an amp. And, um, that, that, that circuit is just so weird. Um, and, and it's, it's, I don't know, I've given a few to, to a few other friends and they've said, I swear there's an octave up happening before I hear the octave down. So there, there's just a bunch of harmonics because it's just chaos. And it, McKinley says it sounds like the devil's saxophone, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great description. Oh man. That's amazing. I I think we should. I I love gear that makes you play to the gear. Um, yeah, that's why I love Octafuzz. Honestly, because it's mm-hmm. you can't. In order to get an Octafuzz to sound good, you can't play a certain way. You have to you have to completely shift what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. to yeah. play to it. Same thing with like the the artificial blonde or using any kind of pitch modulation, even if it's a subtle pitch modulation, it sort of changes what you do and how you approach. Um, and I think that's one of the the beautiful things. I I have a really hard time being creative and writing guitar parts or or you know songs or whatever with just a plain guitar sound. I I, I find like a guitar into sure. an amp incredibly uninspiring for me when I'm just like working on stuff. We talked about this when we dipped each other's mm-hmm. rigs. I like having a lot of weird right. stuff to play around with because if I find a sound immediately, that sound will inspire a part or a progression or a lick or a melody idea that wouldn't have happened sure. without that sound. So yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. And, and, and I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, because I, even though like this is definitely a thing that like takes you to a certain place and you, you can't get there if you, if you just ham fist your way. I mean, well, it, it sounds cool. Yeah. Like it still sounds good if you turn it down and, and you just, you know, don't have any dynamic range. You just slap the hell out of your guitar. Like that's fine. But, um, but yeah, it's funny. Like, cause my idea of just plugging straight into an amp and I get more inspired by that because I, I get so hung up in turning knobs and chasing things that I want a pedal to do that, I work in the opposite. I try to find something that inspires me on the fingerboard first and where, what feels comfortable for my hand, especially. And then I start like, I, I, I write that down or I video it and save it. And then I start like extrapolating the ideas from that core. Nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So 
Uh, oh, I know one other thing. We can. Oh, hey, uh, look at yeah. this. Dead mint. Dead mint. That's a, this is a dipped in tone shirt. You can get it at our merch yeah, store. Link down below. We got some other fun stuff. We got to make some more stuff. Give us ideas. Link down below. But give us some ideas in, in the in the in the Discord if you're part of the the, the Patreon or in just in the comment section. What kind of merch yeah. you want to see? Do, I, I I still want to have a like a a team blank versus blank with like things that I like that he doesn't like and vice versa. Yeah, I thought about making a shirt after my DS1 video that just says like TS1 less than or TS9 less than DS1 something like that mm -hmm. but some simple, simple math, math. <laughs> that all I could do uh that's oh me too man oh gosh that's a whole nother whole podcast other pod. well thanks for hanging out everyone <laughs> wait oh. wait we still got to thank Stumac Stu thank you yes. guys for sponsoring the the podcast go to uh, stumac.com slash dipped in tone get 10% off your order all this stuff I, I I used a bunch of tools to set up that strat and I couldn't have done it if I didn't have the right thing stumac has the right thing. yes so and uh leave a comment down below on what guitars I should think about putting some of these pickups in because again I have an embarrassment of riches with these uh with all these pickups I think if you want those dual rails I'll send them your way you can drop them into something I mean that'd be really fun uh honestly I feel like you need to try that strat because it is so it, – it's like if you took John Mayer's black one and then put a Floyd Rose on it. <laughs> Sick. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, thanks for hanging out, everyone. Don't forget to check out Patreon. Link down below. Uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. really helps the channel out when you do that. And uh, if yes, you're yes, listening, yes, yes. be sure to subscribe and rate us, actually, on, uh, on iTunes because it helps new people find the show if you leave a positive rating. And uh, all that stuff. We got some exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Yes, we do. Um, I don't think we're going to. We'll keep it a surprise. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. about the next two guests we have coming up. So, Me too. It's going to be gonna great. It's going to be great. All right. See y'all. Bye, everybody.